It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You know, I've never been a fan of Mel Kuyper Jr. And I've watched the draft for, in a serious manner, in maybe 15 years or so. You're always excited for it. Even if you don't really know the college players all that well, it's interesting to see who goes number one, who goes number two. These big stars that are going to shape the league that you love so much. And so when you watch, the first opinion that you get when a guy is finally picked for your team, it's one man, and it's Mel Kuyper Jr. And it has been for literally as long as I can remember. And I asked myself over these years one question that you might have asked yourself. It's, who the hell is he? What kind of reputation does he have that he's doing this? I mean, look at his hair. He's ridiculous. He's this loud mouth. I I don't trust him. Again, I don't like him. But did you know that Mel Kuyper Jr. is everything? When it comes to the draft, when it comes to the blogging industry, this guy is a pioneer. If you're someone who has your own website, he is the guy that you aspire to. And I'll explain why as we go through upon further review this week. I'm your host, Vince Quinn. You can find me on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. Nice and simple, one word. Because again... I've seen him so much, and I haven't heard so much about Mel Kuyper Jr., so I, I had to know, what is his legitimacy? And let me tell you that as we go through this journey, Mel Kuyper Jr. is an impressive specimen. And even if you don't like him still by the end of this show, you're certainly going to respect him the way that I do now. Because when you go to Mel Kuyper Jr., You start at the beginning, and what you're getting is an intensely motivated 19-year-old. The origin of Mel Kuyper begins at Baltimore Colts training camp in 1979. 
where, again, as a 19-year-old, Mel Kuyper Jr. goes to the training camp facility, finds assistant coaches, finds the head coach, finds the general manager, Ernie Accorsi, and hands them draft books that he had written out himself about all the prospects coming out in the draft. Think about that. 19 years old in 1979. There's no computers. There's The access of information is completely abysmal at this point. And he's able to, as a 19-year-old, assemble a book of names and stats and opinions from all of that and is confident enough to walk up and hand it to coaches and scouts and, and the general manager of the Baltimore Colts as he is a 19-year-old in Baltimore. It's incredible. So he gets all these copies, assembles them, and when Ernie Accorsi gets this copy, what he says is something that leads to really the changing of the draft as we know it. And he says, kid, stop handing these out. Sell them yourself. And very shortly after that, Mel Kuyper Jr. begins to do that. As a 21-year-old, he founds Kuyper Enterprises in 1981. And this is nothing short of amazing. Here's why it's so important. Because you have to understand again, this is now 1981. ESPN is maybe two years old at this point. You're getting on your regular TV, three stations, five stations, ten stations. It's not a lot. And the accessibility of game information is completely non-existent. Think about it. If you're going to get the Philadelphia Daily News in 1981, sure, you'll get a, a review of what happened with some of the local college football teams, but if you want to know what happened to Bowling Green and... Arkansas or whatever the Auburn and Alabama, whatever it might be. Good luck to you. That access is not available. It just frankly doesn't exist. And so to found this business and to get all this information, a 21-year-old Mel Kuyper Jr. is making calls across the country. And he's doing it nonstop. And when you think of the subject matter that he's asking for, it's so ridiculous. I mean, he's calling coaches and scouts and assistants at programs all across the country, which he has to formulate the list by himself, by the way. There's not really many things out there. It's not like you look at a blog and say, all right, here's everyone in the Pac-12 and here's the Big Ten and whatever. You have to figure it all out. So he's he's compiling these lists. He's calling all of the schools. He's getting the contacts, which probably takes multiple steps because you're not shooting an email or whatever to figure out where these people are and what their names are and how to contact them and when you can contact them. All this phone tag back and forth across the country with dozens of dozens of schools. And he's asking for things like, how many completions did your quarterback have on Saturday? How many yards did your running back rush for? How many tackles did your safety have? I realized that this guy's an All-American last year. Well, how's his knee? How quick does he look when he's uh, going past a tackle on the outside as a defensive end? I mean, these are the questions that he has to ask because you can't really see games. 
the main exposure that he can get is the few games that he's able to get on a satellite dish, which he begs his father to get, and his dad ultimately does. So they have this big monstrosity of a satellite dish on top of their house. Again, this is a 21-year-old Mel Kuyper Jr. living with his parents. So now he's able to watch a couple of games a week, and it's not cheap. You know, on top of buying the satellite dish and having the maintenance for the dish, which, I mean, the dish still sucks. I was at a bar a week ago, and I'm trying to watch playoff basketball, and you're getting the staticky in-and-out screens. So in 1981, good luck to you. So not only is he dealing with the satellite dish and all of those things that come with it, but he's making long-distance calls. Oh, my God, those are an expensive thing. Remember that? Yeah, so he's making these expensive calls all across the country trying to figure out all of these minute little details and compiling these lists, and ultimately he's able to come up with a draft book. And this draft book is something that guides Mel Kuyper to this very day. He still assembles, you know, 36 years later, he's still assembling these draft books and giving them out to teams. And so 21-year-old Mel Kuyper, he's giving them to any NFL organization that'll have it, any media member with the NFL that'll have it. It's going everywhere. He also is able to build a small subscriber base. So he's finally making some money. And he does it through putting ads in magazines and going on the radio. And even being on the radio is different because, for example, WIP, which is a foundational sports station really in the country, it's one of the first to ever exist, It didn't exist until 1988. That's when your 24-hour sports talk becomes an experiment. And here he is in 1982 plugging it on the radio. Yes, sports were on the radio, but again, it's not in the same capacity. So it's a struggle. It's a grind to get those subscribers. But Mel Kuyper Jr. is able to do it at 21 years old. And so a year after starting that business in 1981, he goes to Ernie Accorsi again with the Baltimore Colts in 1982, and he gets a job. And that's like a dream job. I mean, think about it. Think of your average blogger today, some 22-year-old kid. If they said, hey, kid, we think your blog posts are great, you can start working as a researcher with us, do that analytics thing that you do, that's the dream, right? Well, Mel Kuyper, with all of this hard work, All of these calls and constantly watching games, it all pays off in a job with an NFL organization in 1982. And it's the local team that he was selling or giving away his draft reports to three years earlier. It's it's amazing. But not all fantasies end well. Because Mel Kuyper Jr. is a victim of... Perhaps the most infamous thing to ever happen with football in Baltimore. And that is, of course, when the Colts moved to Indianapolis in 1984. Because here's the thing that you probably know. It was uh, March 29th, and at, depending on the reports, you know, midnight, let's say, the Colts loaded the trucks, big moving trucks in the middle of the night, packed up everything, and vanished. 
there was conversations with Indianapolis, and there was struggles with Baltimore, and people knew that there was something going on, but this was a snap decision that was, okay, we're accepting the deal, and we're going. Within hours, this is decided to move an entire franchise midway across the country. And here's the thing. When snap decisions are made like that, when you're an assistant 22-year-old, you're not going to be the guy that's getting a phone call at midnight saying, hey, bud, just wanted to tell you uh, we're moving to Indianapolis, so if you could get enough money to get out of your parents' house and join us tomorrow, that would be great. No, 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 no. The Indianapolis Colts are now a program. They leave Baltimore, and they leave Mel Kuyper Jr. behind. So at 24 years old, in 1984, he's gone from having a dream job of sorts, being in an organization, his hometown organization, and having it vanish in an instant, totally unprepared. It's tragic, right? But it's so interesting because... To quote that song that you've heard a million times, it's, you know, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. And when it comes to the case of Mel Kuyper Jr., it leads to the ultimate beginning. Because it just so happens that in 1984, ESPN could use a draft guy. And so Mel Kuyper joins. And it's important to understand just exactly where the draft was and where ESPN was as they were at this moment in time when Mel Kuyper joins in 1984. You see, the first NFL draft that was televised took place in 1980. So when that happened, it's a milestone, but at the time it actually really wasn't considered a big deal. In fact, Pete Rozelle, who's the commissioner of the NFL at this time, he gets approached by the NFL and they say, hey, Pete, we know that you have the NFL draft. You don't really do anything with it. We would love to broadcast it. And Pete Rozelle is confused. He's like, really? This is, it's nothing. There's a bunch of guys in a hotel conference room and it's kind of sweaty and cramped and it's not there's nothing glorious about this there's no pageantry it's very matter of fact it's people talking on the phone to each other it's just it's just not all that exciting but ESPN wants in and for a good reason they want to be partners with the NFL they understand that the NFL is a big time ticket and they think by getting in here with the NFL draft by establishing this relationship with the NFL we can only go up And as we know, they do. But when this first NFL draft takes place in 1980 that they televise, it is a bit of a clunky event. I mean, no one's done it before. And frankly, it hasn't seemed all that exciting because if you thought people don't really know college prospects then, they really had no idea who somebody was in 1980 because, again, these schools aren't getting televised all the time in these big national games. You're not getting the SEC network. I mean, the the Texas Longhorns have their own network. So you don't have anything even remotely close to resembling any of that. A lot of games you watch on ESPN. It wasn't that case in 1980. They just started. So the draft is super uninspiring at this time. And when they first televise it, it's bizarre. There's a lot of people who are 
again, tightly packed into rooms. There's a point where a prospect is going to a podium. He's just been drafted. He doesn't know what to say because he's never been a part of a televised draft, and no one has. There's no normal occurrence for speeches. What do you say? I don't know. There's no formalities. There's no precedent. It's all new. I'm a 21-year-old kid. I, I don't know. So it's it's not this big, smooth, lavish, extravagant thing that the NFL draft is today. There was even an article that was written at the time, and it was from a paper in Connecticut talking about the draft, saying that, yeah, it was a neat little experiment, and that's about it. It's not, oh my God, can you believe what the Browns did with that 14th pick? Woo, boy! It's just like, oh, that was kind of cool. It was like slam ball being on TV. I mean, really, it, it, was, it was a curiosity. And so, Mel Kuyper Jr., when he enters ESPN... In 1984, fresh off of being left in the dust by the Baltimore Colts, he is he is the perfect piece. He's the missing key. You know, it's it's amazing what Mel Kuyper Jr. is bringing to the table because he is a dynamo. Again, all of these phone calls, the obsessive network that he's built across the country, and at this point, he started the business in 81, but he started scouting in 79, and now it's 1984, he's had multiple years to establish these relationships and get to know the coaches in the, in the front offices and get a little bit of an understanding of each other. No one's doing what Mel Kuyper Jr. is doing at this point because scouts are scouting for their own teams. And even then, when you're talking about an NFL organization, even today, there's regional scouts. You're going to have a guy in the Northeast, you're going to have a guy in Texas, you're going to have a guy covering the schools in Florida, a guy maybe covering the schools in California. It's split all over the place. So to have one guy that is actively, daily, watching games, studying film, building the connections, and doing it year after year after year and developing the patterns and seeing how these guys really develop, I mean, Mel Kuyper Jr. is light years ahead of the curve. And so he joins the draft in 1984, and and this is the time where now having a 24-hour or it, you know, it, well, when you look at what the ESPN is at that time in 1984 when they're covering the draft, they have a guy that can sit there through the whole draft and give you interesting content. Because there was a quote from Chris Berman, and it was a completely ridiculous Chris Berman comment, but he says something to the the effect of, you know, people were farming things, and when you brought Mel Kuyper Jr. into the fold, he brought schnozberries, and everyone wanted schnozberries because it was this big new thing. So Mel Kuyper Jr. was the guy, and he was the only one with schnozberries. Like, that sounds very Chris Berman, doesn't it? Yes. So... So he brings all of this to the table, this expertise. And as we see over the years, like 1984 is an interesting time for ESPN as well because now they're starting to get these contracts. What makes ESPN so powerful today? Well, they're partnered with just about everyone. So they're building this network now. They're starting to get affiliated with ABC through the Walt Disney Company. And so they're getting legitimacy behind them uh, from a major network. And that allows them to get in with the NBA and they're getting in with you know, uh, the NFL a little bit more. They get Sunday night football soon enough. And so all of these things, NCAA games, I mean, all of this stuff 
is starting to grow up and outward for ESPN the same time Mel Kuyper joins to do the draft. And what happens is you kind of see this growth. It's just it's bigger and bigger every year. As the NFL continues to dominate and dominate more of the calendar, Mel Kuyper Jr. slowly is popping in here and there on television and giving you updates of, oh, here's a college player. It's a big matchup coming up on Saturday. Let me tell you where these guys are sitting in terms of the draft right now. And so it becomes from being a one-day, two-day kind of thing to covering small bits and pieces of the calendar, and it grows and grows and grows and grows, and soon... It covers the whole year. And Mel Kuyper Jr. is at the center of this. In fact, you can say he really created it because he's the only guy that was able to do this on the television platform. No one had done it before. And this is literally all he does. And I mean that. It's all he does is he's studying and watching and writing and forming his opinions like 18 hours a day. Mel Kuyper Jr. is a man obsessed. And it's so interesting because as a younger person, I said to start this whole thing, I I wasn't sure who Mel Kuyper Jr. is and, and what he does. And there's a time where he really makes his presence known through someone else's words. In 1994, so this is 10 years after Mel Kuyper Jr. has joined ESPN and been their draft guy. Mel is a little critical. And it's critical of the Indianapolis Colts. Because the Colts who are picking towards the top of the draft, I think it was the second pick overall, they have a choice. And they have a linebacker and a quarterback. The linebacker is a guy named Trev Alberts. He has a couple years in the league. He's not anything special. He washes out pretty quickly, and he's a broadcaster. The other guy is someone you might have heard of, quarterback Trent Dilfer. Now, Dilfer, as we know at this point, looking back, is not a world-beating second pick in the draft quarterback, but he is a guy that had a long career. This is the 1994 draft. He played until the early 2000s. He did make a Pro Bowl at one point and won a Super Bowl. So an accomplished enough career. Well, Mel Kuyper was a big proponent of Trent Dilfer, and the Colts took Trev Alberts, this linebacker. And so Bill Tobin, who is the GM of the Colts at that time, takes serious offense to this. And the quote that he has talking about Mel Kuyper is absolutely fantastic, and it's, it's something that we've all thought. Here's what he says. Who is Mel Kuyper? He's never been a player, he's never been a coach, he's never been a scout, and all of a sudden he's an expert. He has no more credentials to do what he's doing than my neighbor, and my neighbor's a postman. Those are the words of Bill Tobin. And it's interesting, because yes, Mel Kuyper, he's he's this face on television, he's got this goofy hair, who is he? But he's a guy that, think of the classic football guy argument. Howie Roseman is always in this conversation. He didn't play football, so he's he's not a part of it. He doesn't quite understand it, and, and I disagree with that notion. And Mel Kuyper is the same type of guy. Yes, he had, a, he had a brief stint with the Baltimore Colts, but basically he is a self-made draft expert. 
there's no one that's ever been like him. But all the same, and as much as Bill Tobin goes to discredit Mel Kuyper, in the same press conference, which you can find on YouTube, and it is fantastic, he mentions the power that Kuyper has in the same press conference. He said, you know, there's been times where I drafted a guy just last year, and my sister calls me up the next day and says, why'd you take this guy? I heard Mel Kuyper say that you should have taken someone else. My mother, Bill Tobin says, has called and done the same thing. So he's acknowledging that these people, that just people in general really, are following and listening to Mel Kuyper. He's becoming that authority. He's establishing that credibility with the general public. And it's something that, while the general public wasn't quite aware of who he was, front offices were. Because... He's been selling draft reports to them, and he's been doing it for a long time. Being on ESPN makes that a little bit easier, but if he was just a face, right? He's someone who, maybe he was a good draft guy back in the day, and now he doesn't have it. He's just a shell of himself. He delegates the work elsewhere. Teams would stop subscribing to him, but Eric DaCosta, who is a GM or assistant GM with the Baltimore Ravens, he's acknowledged that the or the Ravens do in fact look at his reports. He said it's almost an impartial checks and balance system that we use. Obviously, we use our own mark and we go off our own list, but it does give you a little bit of an indication that maybe we might want to do more work with a player or two. It's interesting. The guy really does have the credibility, even though he's not your traditional general manager, coach, former player, whatever it is. And as much as Bill Tobin tries to discredit him, Trent Dilfer turns out to be right. So Trent Dilfer, that's something that helps put him on the map. That's kind of a landmark moment for him. And it helps establish that he's really made it. Once you've done 10 years of all these draft broadcasts, and and think about this too, the difficulty of the draft broadcast through all this time. Through 19, I think 1992 or 1993, the draft is 12 rounds long. So he's been writing and researching and calling and gathering the stats for 12 rounds worth of draft prospects for 10 years on the continuously growing and soon-to-be-world-dominating ESPN. He's made it. That 19-year-old kid is completely fulfilled. But it doesn't stop there, and that's why my appreciation for Mel Kuyper Jr. actually grows. Because... Now that he's made it, a lot of people do get there. And again, like I said, people fall off. They get lazy. They delegate work. They're they're just the face behind some machine that they've laid out over time and money. Mel Kuyper Jr. is by no means that. Because to this very day, it's essentially a two-person operation. It's Mel and Kim Kuyper. So Kim Kuyper who is Mel Kuyper's wife. She runs basically everything else of the operation that isn't Mel being on TV, radio, writing the draft reports. She has no input on the football side of it. She doesn't want to. He doesn't want her to because they're married. They need to have some things apart, and they decide that's the easiest way to do it is generally what I've gained from it. 
but it's a two-person operation. He is doing everything himself. He's still making those calls. He's still watching the tape and formulating all of these opinions and writing these reports and giving them out to all these teams. It's all still Mel Kuyper Jr., that same work ethic that led to putting these things out on a typewriter in 1979. It's present in 2017. It's a common theme for him, this work ethic, again. And, and the other common theme, which is interesting, is, yes, his wife is running the operation, but it's always been a family thing. His dad helped him initially with the books when it was early in the formation of the company. And when he died in 1988, then his mother took over. And then shortly after that, and, and this is an interesting thing, just a side note, but Mel Kuyper Jr. meets his wife in 1988, they start dating in 88, and he marries her in 99. Well, within that time, they become married, and she takes over the whole business side of the operation, figuring out contracts with all of these different media outlets for the radio appearances and the stuff with ESPN and all that, promotional things. She's doing it. She's helping to make sure the books get out on time. It, it's They have the occasional secretary that's hired and stretches here and there, but generally... This is all a two-person operation, and to this part, it pretty much, as far as I can tell, it still is today. So they put in that work. They do care about it. It all is genuine and has been all this time as they go through the 80s and 90s and everything expands. And here's the other thing that's, that's really cool and, again, continues my respect for Mel Kuyper Jr., because what happens a lot of times is you develop a product, you make something that's pretty good, you you expand the world in a way, right? Like Uber develops the app for cheaper on-demand taxis that people can drive easily and, and make a couple of bucks on, right? When Uber came out, I was like, oh my God, this makes all the sense of the world, and I, I can't believe this. This is great. Well, Mel Kuyper Jr. does that with the draft, right? He's that first ever expert to be a 24-hour, 365 draft obsessive. And as ESPN gets bigger, and as the internet develops, and as the interest in the draft expands, well, what do you get? You get competition everywhere. Theoretically, I'm competition. Everyone at Bleeding Green Nation, we're all competition. All the other blogs, all the other TV stations, people you hear on the radio, everyone is competition for Mel Kuyper. He's got Todd McShay sitting right next to him. It's only gotten harder. And Mel Kuyper Jr. is still front and center all these years later. He's still on top. It's just a different challenge. That's really all it is. Again, when he first started, he's calling across the country. He's got to figure out who these players are, what what their deficiencies are, and what their basic stats are. That was a whole challenge in itself, just getting the basic information, typing it up, assembling it, getting copies, shipping them out, making the advertisements, and, and making TV appearances where you don't have a setup in your home. You have to drive to wherever you're going. That was a whole challenge. And to do that as essentially a one-person operation, really maybe a two-person operation, is nothing short of incredible, given that, again, he is a complete pioneer at this time. But then it's a whole different challenge, and he faces it with this same work ethic. It's the same problems that he had to deal with before and with greater exposure 
to his own detriment. I mean, think about it. If Mel Kuyper Jr. was making really bad predictions all the time, his draft readings, his big board was always laughable, you know, his fifth prospect ends up going at 30, that kind of thing. If that was a year-in, year-out problem, if his draft reports weren't any good because he's been slipping, he's too into himself, he's paying more attention to his time on TV and combing that extra hair just a little bit more, people would know. It would spread. He would lose his job. But here he is in 2017 when it's 1984 when he starts, and he's still doing the same job as the competition changes, as it only gets stronger, as scouting websites are everywhere. You know, it's it, it's competition everywhere. And Mel Kuyper Jr. is still front and center and when you watch the draft, he is still that first guy that's going to give you his opinion on the player that your team's added. And with that, it's nothing short of incredible. So that has been upon further review for this week. Again, if you've enjoyed the show, I'm your host, Vince Quinn. You can find me on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. Upon further review is a production of BGN Radio, so make sure to check out other shows that BGN Radio has had. And again, we're going to continue to explore more questions here because the question today is, who's Mel Kuyper Jr.? And I've asked this question. You might have asked this question. Bill Tobin, the general manager of the Colts, very publicly asked that question. And now we know. And to see this journey, it's it's so impressive. There's so much respect to it. And, and again, he's a godfather of sorts. He, he lends so much what he did to what the other people in the sports industry are trying to do today, this grassroots, self-made kind of stuff. And for that, Mel, I, I thank you. And you know what? When I see you this year at the draft... I'm going to try to give you a shot. I'm going to look past the hair, and I'll, I'll try to give you a fair shake. So that's me on Mel Kuyper Jr. Again, if you like the show, five stars, Stitcher, iTunes, all that. And uh, you can find me on Twitter. Upon further review, we'll be back next week. I'll talk to you then.